Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome in. It is the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Cam Rogers with you. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen. We are back and better than ever after a week off due to vacation and what have you. We're getting you ready for the Open Championship at Royal St. George's kicking off next week. Of course, we have the John Deere Classic, the Scottish Open this week on the PGA Tour. We had the match for last night. We will break that down on this very episode, plus Bryson DeChambeau breaking up with his caddy weeks before the final major championship of the year. What is the deal with that? We'll break it all down right here on the Tiger Woods Show, presented by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers98. You can follow Bridget at Bridget K. Whalen. Happy July to you, Bridget. It has been some time. Good to have you back here on the show. Hi, Cam. Glad to be back. Absolutely. As the temperatures heat up, the PGA Tour season continues to heat up as well. Bridget, we had another iteration of the match, this time the match for Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady back at it together. They were together at the match too, taking on Bryson DeChambeau and one Aaron Rodgers. So there's actually a lot to sort of unpack with this edition of the match Bridget I would say it is third on my list of most enjoyable I think obviously Tiger versus Phil the original one has to be number one on the list because it's Tiger and Phil and it was one-on-one and it was just special because it was the first I liked Phil and Tom versus Tiger and Peyton second this one third and then the one last Thanksgiving, Phil and Steph Curry and Manning and Charles Barkley. That one didn't make too much sense to me because there was only one pro involved. So yeah. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the deal. I mean, I think we have sort of seen an evolution of the match, if you will. I think the original match, we were all like, oh my God, this is going to be like Mayweather, Pacquiao, heavyweight fight, (laughs) like gloves are coming off in hockey sort of situation, Tiger versus Phil. And what did we get? A pillow fight, if you will, with some dad jokes and that was really it with some gaffes if you will on the broadcast side because of you know it being the first time and what have you and now we're seeing it more into this corny cringy jokey sort of situation with some good golf shots here and there but really just good casual viewing if you will so it went from this serious thing at least that's how it was branded in the beginning to this more just relaxing primetime event that we saw out there at Big Sky in Montana. Beautiful views, by the way. 
I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I had Phil and Brady winning this thing. I completely overestimated Brady's game and mm-hmm. underestimated Aaron Rodgers' game, Bridget. Yeah, wow. But, you know, it was pretty enjoyable. I watched most of it. I fell asleep toward the end when I knew that Phil and Brady were going to lose. But I love the alternate shot format. I love hearing these guys talk strategy. It's really interesting to hear Bryson, the technical guy, talk, and Phil, the field guy, talk. And then, of course, the two quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has some pretty good personality himself and a way better golfer than I realized. So I'll give it like an A-. minus. I thought it was pretty solid. What were your impressions, and how does this one stick out or perhaps look similar or feel similar to the other matches? I liked this one a lot and I didn't anticipate liking it a lot. I do like your uh, hockey drops the gloves reference. That was good. <laughs> I don't know if I ever um, <laughs> predicted a match to, to go that route. Um, but I think that Aaron Rodgers, like this is going to sound strange. I would like to see him play more. I, like he just impressed the heck out of me. The guy could play, he could hit it and he could putt it. And then in his, in like the, the victory post round, whatever you want, post match interview, he was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm like a solid putter. (laughs) I'm like, who, what recreational golfer ever says that? Like nobody is good at putting, like even pros aren't good at putting. So I just thought that was hysterical because you obviously putt for dough. Like if you could putt, and you're like a strong guy, you have it, you have it made. And Aaron Rodgers clearly has it made. My um, my favorite part of the whole match, though, I have to say, was Larry Fitzgerald. His voice, just like him in general, like I want to watch the Larry Fitzgerald show. I wanna, I was texting a friend and I was like, Larry needs like a sleep app where he just like lulls you to sleep. His voice is I I honestly don't even know how to describe his voice. His voice is like Well, growing up, my dad and I, when we would like, when my dad would drive me to school, we would listen to Don Imus. And I always used to be like, oh, Don Imus, like what a voice, like such a voice for radio, like love the voice. It's, it's a distinct sound. Same with Dan Patrick. It's just, they have that voice. Larry Fitzgerald, he's like the radio voice for golf. Like give that man a job. I want to hear him every week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like you, Montana is just awesome. The wildlife that was hysterical if you did like counting how many animals we saw last night it was like a goddamn zoo we saw mountain goats we saw foxes really bears we saw moose (laughs) so i this match was great i honestly i didn't watch all of the previous three matches as intently as you did so i can't really rank anything with tiger i obviously takes the cake for me um and i've sort of been hesitant reticent whatever you want to say to watching any follow-up match that didn't include the big cat but last night like on a Tuesday night you're a golf fan there's nothing else on like in the sense of golf it was super enjoyable in my opinion it was longer than I expected too because originally I was like okay why is this at five o'clock eastern instead of like seven o'clock eastern more in the prime time range but this thing went until past 10 30 probably 11 o'clock on the East coast. So it went on for quite a while. And I mean, you know, each hole was like a half hour. Let's, yeah. Let's, it was long. Yeah. They were slow is, is definitely an understatement. So if like, you're a proponent of like, I want to see shots and I need it to be fast, but that was like, that's the whole point of these for me, 
these exhibitions. And I think that Phil really played that up. Like, yeah, everyone was taunting Bryson for being slow, but then more times than not, Phil would be like, Bryson, talk us through this shot. And like, honestly, if you're a golf person, like that's kind of what you want to hear, right? Like what goes through your brain? And, and I know Aaron Rodgers was like, that's just a lot of info coming out of Bryson, but I enjoy it. As you know, as all listeners of this podcast know, I'm a fan of Bryson. I like the guy. I think he's different, but I think he's like solidly different. Like, I don't think he's trying to be eccentric. That's just who he is. So I'm all about it. I love listening to him. I think that last night was definitely like a good PR promo for Bryson. It's just good to see him like engaging with other people, you know, because when we see like the non-player, non-golfer version of Bryson, it's typically like in the sense of feuding (laughs) with Brooks or his caddy, or like maybe that's made up because I honestly don't think that he and Tim Tucker ever feuded. But um, I think that the like media image of Bryson is so myopic. It's so like one note. So I like seeing him just like last night was like a buddy's trip. Like I know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady aren't really his buddies, but everyone knows that Phil is a big fan of Bryson. And you and I have talked about this, both Phil and Tiger, like the leaders in the game love Bryson. And there has to be something to that, right? Like whether it's the way he approaches the game, because he approaches it very differently than Phil in a lot of ways. Phil's such a field player. Bryson is such a calculated scientist or or whatever you want to call him. He really is that like that. I know that's a joke, but like, it's so true. Um, He has a, he and Chris Cuomo have a lab. Like the guy is, he's so very calculated. Like that's the best word to describe him. Like everything has rhyme or reason. And then when things don't go as he anticipates them to, it like really messes with his brain because he's not a feel guy. Um, So I just, I take stock in players who both Tiger and Phil, Tiger and Phil are also very different in their way that they approach the game. I just take a lot of stock in that they both are big fans of Bryson. So like maybe I'm just jumping on the bandwagon with with the two greatest in the game of my generation. And I guess the generation before me and like possibly after me, you know, like Tiger and Phil are, are still so, so relevant. Um, so I just liked seeing Bryson in a different light. Yeah, you have to wonder if Bryson made some new fans last night with his willingness, number one, to participate and obviously help out charity, number two, and go back and forth with these iconic athletes, number three. We shall see. You're right. I think it does show something that he performed in this match and Brooks Kepka wasn't invited. You know, right. Maybe the relationship is better with Bryson and Phil than it is with Phil and Brooks. By the way, I don't know if you saw this on the internet, but Ian Rappaport, who is an NFL insider, actually had a golf scoop in terms of why Kepka was rolling his eyes during that leaked video out there. And reportedly, it was DeShambo yelling at his then caddy, and Kepka had to listen to it, didn't like it, so that's why he stopped the interview. And I guess this is a nice little transition into Bryson and his caddy breaking up weeks ahead of the Open Championship, Bridget. So I just saw this on the internet here, and I'm surprised I had not seen it previously, but Ian Rappaport is a very well-respected NFL insider. He's right up there with Adam Schefter in terms of the NFL scoops. It's interesting that he found this in terms of the golfing world, but 
what do you make of this whole news of Bryson moving on from his previous caddy, especially ahead of a big time major championship? Is there something to this? We've covered these stories before. There's really never too much to say because it's not like the tour players are telling us, oh, this is why <laughs> I broke up with my caddy. Here are the list of reasons, et cetera, et cetera. And he was pretty mum about it as well, Bryson was, leading up to the match four. So we don't know too much, honestly. So I did also read that. Um, and it makes a lot of sense contextually, right? Because you and I were trying to like decipher, like what did, what could Bryson have said like that would have set Brooks off so much. And right. lo and behold, it had nothing to do with Brooks. It was just sort of the energy, um, the, or I guess like the mistreatment, if you want to call it, uh, of, of Bryson to his caddy, which then, and I'm just gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here, but the caddy player relationship is so complex it's so dynamic. It's so like fluid in the sense of they travel together. Sometimes if they're not staying together, which obviously if you're a big, a big guy like Bryson, you probably don't stay with your caddy, but you're with him, you know, probably late into the evening, especially a guy like Bryson. He, he practices well into the, the dark, darker hours. Um, you're with them every day, pretty much like you're constantly with that person. Right. So like that is a relationship that is really hard to sort of emulate in real life and be like, oh, well, it, it you could assimilate it to this or to this. It's like, no, you really can't because your caddy's kind of like your teammate. You're like a team of two on the course. I know that there's a lot more that goes into a player's team, but if you're just going to like take it apart and look at what goes on like day to day between a caddy and a player, it is so complex. And I understand Brooks and his caddy, Ricky are, are, are just very, very close. Um, and great, great for Brooks. I mean, Dustin has his brother, Phil has his brother. So I'm not saying this is like every caddy player relationship, but you better believe that. Like I'm sure Phil and his brother argue about stuff related to work. And then they have to like come apart and be like, okay, we're brothers. Like, let's take a step back. And, that has to get exhausting, right? Like you're with this person all the time. So for me, like it's hard to be affected by someone else. Like I keep to myself, right? And like Brooks clearly isn't a guy who keeps to himself. Everybody knows that. But like to get so affected by somebody else and someone like two other parties, like that's so crazy to me. And so hearing that like this might actually be the scenario kind of like gets me on Bryson's side way more. Cause like, you don't know what's going on. Like mind your own business. That would be my advice to Brooks. And like, again, I'm, I'm also a Brooks fan. So like, I'm not trying to come at the guy, but it just seems wild. And then obviously when Tim and Bryson announced their split Brooks, that same day made it like caddy appreciation day. And it's just, it's never ending. It's like, where does it stop? You know? Um, I think that, Players and caddies run their course. Let's look at Tiger. Like, come on. Until he was with Joey, he didn't really have the best caddy player track record, right? Uh, and that that has to do with, I think, being a player who is very invested in the game. And I'm not saying Brooks isn't invested. I'm just saying that the probably the way that Bryson approaches the game and the – 
I, I don't even want to say level of commitment because I know Brooks like pretends to not be super committed and he sure is. Um, but I just think like, it's, it's two totally different personalities you're looking at there. And in the sense of being like tiger, Bryson is a lot more like tiger, uh, a, a lot more married to the game, right? Like we say this all the time. If Bryson had a family and kids, I mean, even Webb Simpson has said it, who's the father of five and who has a wife, like, and Kisner has said it. If he had other priorities, other obligations, he wouldn't be able to be as invested. So for me, I just think the stakes are higher a little bit for DeChambeau. And I think that it's wild to me that like he, <laughs> he does live rent free in Brooks's head. <laughs> he really, really does. Um, and I just think DeChambeau and Tucker, it, it, they're, they said their split was amicable and it doesn't mean forever. So whenever a caddy and player says that, like there's, there's always chance that they're going to work together in the future. I don't think there was any major fracture in this relationship. I think it just ran its course. Like a lot of caddy player relationships do look at Rory. Why didn't everyone explode when, when Rory split from his caddy, look at Zach Johnson, Damon green, like those two, they were like thick as thieves. They split. And like Zach has waffled between caddies ever since, you know, it's it, this is something that is so ever present on tour that it's wild to me that it gets like, like Bryson, he, he really is like that, that X factor and he gets people's grinds. Like he really, he gets the, the, he grinds the gears on people. He really does. Um, for me, it's like <sighs> quitting is such a, a harsh word and, and I'm pretty sure Tim Tucker didn't quit. I'm pretty sure this was a mutual decision. I have to wonder if Bryson fatigue factored into things as well. Like you mentioned, you really have to be on it 105% of the time <laughs> to catch up with Bryson DeChambeau. And I feel like it takes a very certain breed of human to actually be partnered with him. Let's face it, Bryson is a very unique guy. And so to work with him, you certainly have to be very unique in your own right. I certainly could not caddy for him. Many people out there probably couldn't either. So I feel like the vetting process, if you will, is going to be very, very intricate as Bryson recruits there. So we'll see how he does at the Open Championship. Let's quickly skirt into that, Bridget, here as we look ahead to the final, sad, major championship of the year. It is a major we did not see in 2020 due to the pandemic. Obviously, this is going to be the most COVID-y tournament of the year because you're going across the pond and a lot of countries out there are still in lockdown. I have not drilled down on the details with quarantining and what have you, but let's just talk about the X's and O's, if you will, at Royal St. George's. The last time it was contested, it was in 2011, where Darren Clark won. Before that, it was Ben Curtis who won. So a couple of long shots out of nowhere winning this tournament. Who are you keying in on here in the early going? Maybe somebody like a Justin Thomas who doesn't have a top 10 since the players, but still you know, carries immense value at 25 to one in the sports books out there. Maybe it's Jordan Spieth, the ultimate mm -hmm. artist on an artist type mm -hmm. course. Where are we feeling right now? Well, I just have to say, since I mentioned Joe LaCava that week that Darren Clark won, whose bag was Joe LaCava on? Da -na 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 -na. I feel like the answer is obvious. 
But I so what's the obvious answer? Obviously, Darren Clark. I don't think so. It wasn't. Let's just give the obvious answer a shout out because he's in the U.S. Senior Open field this week. Freddie Couples. Oh, but he wasn't on Freddie's bag. He was on whose? Dustin Johnson. Really? Yes. And he had been for that entire season. Oh. Yeah. Is that crazy? Obviously pre-Tiger. Yeah. We current, current, current caddy for one Tiger Woods. Um, He made, I think he made the jump to Tiger's bag a few months after that because he has been with him for about 10 years. I would have to do my uh, fact check on that. Um, All right. So Royal St. George's. I do not remember the 2011 Open. Um, just going to be out there with that. So I forget what this course looks like. I forget kind of what we're working with here. Um, but knowing that Darren Clark was the last champion, I'm going to shy away from like a Jordan Spieth guy. And I'm going to go how I went for PJ Champ. Give me an older man. Give yeah. me a man who maybe played. Well, I guess... If Dustin played, he's not that old. Was he 36? But give me someone who has played there before. That's uh, whoever that may be. I'm not sure. But somebody who perhaps is older. Could a Lee Westwood pop out of nowhere? Ooh, Englishman at an English course? 42 to 1 on FanDuel. I like it. I like it. But that's the guard you're looking at. It is. It is only because that was my vibe at Kiowa and I I'm feeling that vibe and then Phil won. I'm feeling that vibe again. Yeah, I'm kind of wanting to subscribe to that because you're saying it now and you were right by the way about the PGA, so you might be right about this. Although I had no idea that Phil was going to come out of the woodwork, but I, I was think I mean he he definitely wasn't on my radar. I don't want to like build my blow my head up too much there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like I like a long shot, or I like like an I like like an Adam Scott. Yeah, who people don't consider old, but you know he's like he's not he's 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 got some gray hair now. He's not young anymore relative to the PGA Tour. He's really not. Um, Stuart Sink. Hmm. Stuart Sink. Two wins this year. Two thousand nine winner at the Open. Wow, Stuart Sink has two wins this year. <laughs> That's wild. He, that Coke is... Rack, and Bryson. Coke Rack, that is wild. That is. And Candy, yeah. too. Give me, a, give me a little Stuart Sink. I don't know. That sounds good. Matthew Fitzpatrick could make some sense as well. Plenty of options. Plenty of options out there. And you just went really young with that one. I did. I jumped really young i mean ideally rory would win like we have had some really impressive major winners this season right, right. we had hideki we had phil john rom we need someone i'm sorry stuart sink he just doesn't that would be like let's let's shy away from stuart sink okay you want rory that's your rooting person if you will All right. You want to know who I really want? Because I, I did want, even though I I'm unbiased, totally unbiased, love all the winners. Everyone is great. Really, really, really wanted Louie to win the U S like really wanted. 
if there's going to be a first time major champ, I want it to be him. Well, he is the 2010 Open champion, so it'd be his second major championship victory. Yeah, and I think that getting John Rahm, like having him be the champion at Tory was great. It was awesome. It was something that I don't think any of us saw coming. But I was like geared up for Louie to win that week. I was like putting them all over our social. <laughs> we had like Louie like – I think I did three posts in a row one day and I was like, well, now we're the Louie. We're the, uh, we're the Louie page. This is, um, this is Louie's week. And I feel like every time you want something to happen that much, it never does. So I should have known that I should have been like, take a step back. Like <laughs> you're doing too much. This is not how the golf gods work. And, and it sure as heck didn't. Um, but it wound up being awesome. John Rom victory was awesome. But now I'm like, man, Louis is always the bridesmaid. He's always like, he's so close. All the, all the majors, he's been so close. So that would be my ideal pick. You know, Lee Westwood is really an interesting study just to wrap up this discussion here before we move on to the John Deere because it wasn't too long ago that he was runner up back to back times at the Arnold Palmer and then the players championship. And since then, no top 10 finishes. I mean, his best performance is T21 at the AT&T Byron Nelson, which was not a good field whatsoever. T71 at the PGA T46 at the U S open, but you know, he talked about it in his U S open pre-tournament press conference. He does not play as consistently as he used to, obviously, but he can still find it in a given week. And obviously he did two times back in March. We'll see if he can do it this coming major championship at the Open Championship. We shall see. By the way, John Rahm is the favorite as we stand right now. Xander Shoffley, new husband, right? Is that correct, Bridget? Ooh, oh, the new marriage curse, which I don't want to give it to uh... <laughs> Give it to Lee Westwood. We got married right before the open. Ooh, I don't know. I think Rory could speak to the uh, the newlywed curse. Um, but yes, Xander, I think he married a pretty long, long time girlfriend. Um, well, at least it was announced this past weekend. I'm not sure when they tied the knot. We'll have more on the open next week right here on the Tiger Woods show. Want to give a shout out to Moink Box. Folks, why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change that, that with moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. It's spelled moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash believe, moinkbox.com slash believe. Use that promo code for a percentage off, and we appreciate them for sponsoring the show right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's talk about the John Deere Classic. Let's face it, it's a corn fairy tour event to be honest with you Bridget because the field is not very good Daniel Berger is the favorite he is the class of this field after that you have Harmon and Sun J M, Russell Henley 
But overall, everybody's across the pond right now at the Scottish Open getting ready for the Open Championship next week. Where is your lean for this week? By the way, your lead is still $2 million. Wow. Last time we contested, it was the Palmetto, and both of our guys missed the cut. So nothing has changed. Wow. Well, I'd just like to say, like, Jordan Spieth, he missed out on the Travelers, missed out on the John Deere. Are you too good for your roots, buddy? Um, just a little shade thrown at Jordan. I was at the travelers and I, I wanted to see him there. So maybe it's just like a personal, uh, little vendetta I have going. Um, so this week I'm picking someone because I was reading. So when like, you know, your Twitter gets riddled with inside the field, who to pick, Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever I clicked on one, I think on Monday, and the first name I saw, and, and Cam, you know this how I do things, was Doc Redman. So we're going with Doc this week. I feel like a lot of players don't want to peak before a major. Not him. Not Also, is he even in the field at Royal St. George's? I'm not sure. I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say no. I want to say no, too, but I'm not sure. Does, this get, does the winner get into the field? That is very possible. Feel like they do. Um, again, I do not know his track record here. It, it's probably not that great. And of course, I'm going to pick him, but I don't know. I'm just like, I'm behind Doc this season. I think he's playing well. I think he's due to win at some point. And why not this week? Okay. You know, he's slowly trending in the right direction. He had a really good. COVID restart, if you will, and then it sort of teetered off a bit, but his ball striking has been really, really good recently. So we'll see what happens there. I'm going with the short course specialist himself, Brian Harmon. He's sixth in strokes gain total on short courses over the last 24 rounds, four top 25s at TPC Deer Run, one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Putting is a key stat for me this week. Driver will be mitigated. Iron play is important always, but maybe not so much this week. I'm really looking at guys who can get hot with the putter. And Brian Harmon is that guy for me, has been really consistent so far. So there you go. I like that pick. If you're all in on putting, I feel like Brian Harmon is probably top three guys. I would I would let putt for my life. <laughs> Honestly. He is so smooth. Yeah. yeah. He's one he of the best. Give me Brian Harmon all day. So I like that. And sorry for the people listening in. I literally have no rhyme or reason any week for who I pick. Um, so if you go with me, I appreciate your loyalty. And you should go with her because she's $2 million ahead of me. And so until that changes, if it changes, I can't criticize. So I'll just shut up over here with all my stats and strokes gained and all that yeah you you get your stats i'm a field player you're bryson i'm, I'm bryson. yeah this yeah. is uh this is how we are oh shout out to cam davis oh yeah Aussie, right like how awesome was that how awesome have back-to-back long-form playoffs been i love bonus golf now that i don't work for golf channel and i'm not like waiting for Sunday <laughs> to end. So that I could go home. Yeah. Now that that's not a part of my life, give me golf until it's dark every single Sunday, let them play. Like, honestly, great, great. And it was the 4th of July. Who knows how many people were tuned in. I was tuned in, maybe not the whole round, but I was tuned in at least for the playoff. Um, and just shout out to, 
to Cam Davis. Like it's so awesome to see a Euro tour uh, or like a primarily Euro tour guy win on the big stage here. I know that it's hard to compare the two, but the PJ tour is just so stacked with talent. And now he has a two-year exemption and like, how awesome is that? He's so young. Like it, it's just so awesome. You love to see it. Um, Troy Merritt journeyman, love the guy, but like super happy for Cam Davis. Nice to see Joaquin Neiman really put oh. it together too. What? It, so Joaquin Neiman is now back in the day. I used to say Justin Thomas all day long, like Justin Thomas back when he was Jordan's best friend or, or, you know, that was kind of how he was known. I was like, Justin Thomas has the longevity and pretty much because my dad was big on Justin Thomas always. So we were, um, what were we? Yeah, I guess it was, was he in the mix at Travelers? He was, right, Joaquin? Um, I'm, I'm like drawing a blank. He was in the mix recently and prior to this past week. And my dad was like, this Joaquin kid, this because they call him Jocko on the broadcast. I think Mark Immelman refers to him as that. And my dad was like, this is the next Justin Thomas. Like, this is it. Like, this is the next guy. And my dad, God bless my father, said, I think he's the next tiger. And oh I was boy. like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did you say? Like, that is my dad never says that stuff. So all those listening, I don't know. Dr. Mark, he has a lot of good golfer predictions. And, and uh, Joaquin Neiman is red hot for for my dad immense talent we'll see if he can be more consistent on tour it had been quite a while since his previous top 10 i think bridget you know going back earlier this year speaking of top 10s and really just volatility in golf cam davis wins the rocket mortgage classic last week his previous top 10 was in january Folks, golf is random and volatile. I can't explain it sometimes. My gracious, his previous start was the Memorial. Missed the cut, 77-76. Bridget, how do you reason with this game? It is just so crazy. I think just week by week, and also it has to do with, yeah, it has to do with not only like the course, because I know like players always say like, I'm not concerned about the field. I'm concerned about beating the course. But if you take week by week, how, how like different fields can be, um, especially with the post COVID so many shifts in the schedule, like someone could just pop off and it's so unexpected. Like to me, honestly, seeing a guy like Harris English win twice this season is crazy. Like that's, that's random to me because he's been on the circuit for a long time. Right. And it's like, why now? Like, why are you popping off now? Um, but yeah, I don't know. The game is this game, I think, is the most difficult to bet on because it, it really even the players say like their game's unpredictable for the most part. Sometimes they don't even know how they're going to finish in a given week. It's just right. so funny. And also, Neiman was not in the mix at Travelers. So I don't yeah, know. I didn't think he was. I, he may have been. We went one day and, and we may have seen him like tee off. And my dad may have been like talking about the swing for like the next couple holes. So that might have been what happened because I don't think my dad had ever seen him like in the flesh in person. Um, so misspoke on that one. But still, great tournament the Travelers to oh, go to. Awesome. One of the best, actually. So. And Creamer Hickok, like, not sure when he became like a cult 
cult favorite, cult classic. <laughs> I don't even know what to call him, but man, he is beloved. Like that, those Connecticut fans, that was gnarly. It was like, I, I honestly don't know what it was like. It wasn't even like, like a big name. It was a different kind of like rooting. It, it wasn't like Rory was in the mix who like, who doesn't like Rory? He's like literally a God on tour. It was, it was like a different vibe. It was like, they were rooting for Kramer. Cause they like knew Kramer. It was bizarre. My brother was like, what did, is this kid Kramer? Is he like hooked up with Barstool or something? Like, why, like, why is he so known? And I honestly, I had no idea. I was like, I can't tell you. Don't know. Seinfeld, baby. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it this week for the Tiger Woods show. We will have full coverage of the Open Championship next week. Shout out to Moik Box and Bet Online, and we will talk to you guys soon. See you next week for real this time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.